Welcome to College Admissions Insider, the podcast where we talk to real college admissions counselors to bring you expert advice for your college search. I'm Brian Wendell from Bucknell University. And I'm Brooke Thames, also from Bucknell University. Our goal is to cut through all the fluff to give you everything you need to start, continue, or complete your college search. Hey, Brooke, do you do you hear that sound? Um, no, I don't think I hear anything. Exactly. That silence is what most students hear after they apply to college. Ah. They like that. They pour over every detail of the application. They craft the perfect essay. They get some top-notch recommendations. Yeah, you're right. Totally right. And then they send that application off and nothing. No feedback until that envelope or email arrives with what is hopefully good news. And even that feedback really just comes in three different varieties. Yes, you're in. That's what we hope to see. No, you didn't get in or hang on, you've been put on the wait list. The student doesn't know where they went right or what thinking went into the decision to admit them. And so today what we're hoping to do is to put an end to at least some of that uncertainty surrounding the process of application review. And we're going to take you inside the mind of an application reader. Hey, that's the title of the episode. All right. Our guest is Lauren Rambo, Bucknell University's Senior Assistant Director of Admissions and the University's Southeastern Regional Representative, which means she works with students in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, North and South Carolina, Tennessee, and even some parts of New Jersey. It's a pretty big uh, region. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brooke. Yeah, great to have you. And so, Lauren, I imagine things get really, really busy once you're in like officially in that application reading season. So can you walk us through what like a typical day or week might look for you? Yeah. So application reading season really covers from November to March, uh, at least for Bucknell. Some other places it starts even earlier if they have October deadlines. So we're spending all that time reviewing every application that comes through our doors uh, while also trying to do all the other things that keeps an admissions office running. So a typical day would include reading applications from 9 to 12, We take a little break and then from one to four, sometimes it's evening work, sometimes it's Saturdays. And in our office, we reserve Wednesdays for other meetings. So our time during reading season is spent the majority just trying to get through all of your applications. Sounds like a pretty hectic and and busy season for you. Okay. So on one of those days, nine to 12 or one to four, let's say you've got a student's application in front of you. I'm curious what that even looks like. Like, what are you seeing? Is there a printout with everything on it? Are you looking at a PDF on your screen? Is there some type of special software that's only accessible to college admissions professionals like you? What what exactly are you seeing? Yeah, it used to be all paper printouts, but now it's really a PDF uh, is what we're looking at. And we do have a special software that allows us to flip through each page of the application. So when students complete their common app or coalition application, they're able to review everything they submitted with all their answers on it. And so that final review is actually what we see. So it looks the same to us as it did to the students when they finished their application. So when they're double checking, triple checking their work, which they absolutely should do, uh, you'll really see what an admissions counselor sees. I think something that's helpful to know is because we're reading so many applications, our eyes are kind of trained to where we're going to find different information on the page. So a quick scan for us can actually 
reveal a lot of information uh, because we know where each section is located and what we're going to find on each page. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you're getting into that that review, what's the process, I guess, for looking at everything in a student's application? Um, yeah, I guess beyond that quick scan or... Yeah. Uh, So our process is a little different. um, And a a number of universities use this as well. It's called the committee-based evaluation. So that means two people, two readers are looking at the application at the same time. Uh, So we'll both have our computers open uh, with our laptops, and then we have a shared screen as well. So both readers can see all of the notes that we're taking, can see what we're looking at. And we're having a conversation about the student. One reader will be focused on the academic information, the high school context, uh, and that's the person who works most closely with your high school. So for me, it's all the students from the Southeast and that small part of New Jersey. Then the other person is looking at your essay, your activities, recommendations, and we're talking about it as we go. So we're sharing information back and forth and coming to a conclusion about the student, providing notes and a summary so that the next person who reviews the application will be able to get a sense of our evaluation in the first read. Interesting. So it's a collaborative process. So speaking of that process, I, I know that there's kind of a rumor out there. I, I know I heard this when I was applying to college that admissions offices will compare one student to another. So student A might have a better GPA than student B, but student B was first chair clarinet or whatever. So is that true? Are you comparing students in that way? Not really. Something that I wish all students knew was that when we're reading an application, we're really focused on just you. So we're always looking at the application within the context of that person. I'm focusing in on what you've experienced, what that student's accomplishments have been, what they hope to achieve, and only looking about and thinking about that one student as a part of the Bucknell community as a part of the class. So Brian, if I open your application up first, I'm really focused in on your information. I write a summary, close the application out, and then I open Brooke's application up and I'm only thinking about Brooke. It allows us to understand the student a little better. Everyone has something to contribute to a class and in different ways as well. So direct comparisons are almost impossible and really not fair to the students either. We want to know your story and your context and your world. But we also do have institutional priorities. So maybe this year we do need more clarinet players. So the fact that that student's GPA is a little lower than maybe what we typically see might be counteracted by the fact that they're an amazing clarinet player. Uh, It doesn't mean student A's really high GPA and academic excellence is any less important. We need that kind of student too to engage with faculty. But it's really about shaping a class and thinking about all of the different things that every single student has to contribute to the whole community. No, that's great. Yeah, I think one of the uh, most nerve wracking things about applying to college is knowing that you're going up against so many other, you know, prospective students. And so it's great for students to know that they're really being evaluated on their own merit in that process. And so yeah, when you're, you know, focusing on one student's application at a time, I'm sure you read hundreds of those every week. uh, But what are some ways that students can make their application stand out as you really zoom in on one at a time? 
honestly, to be yourself. And I know it sounds so cliched and it's so easy to say that, just be yourself. But how do you actually do that in an application, right? It's so easy to to suddenly try to be doing what you think the admission counselor wants to read or or what you think they want to see. But we're really trying to get to know the student as much as we possibly can. Uh, so making sure that in their application, they're thoughtful, they're giving themselves time and space to fill something out and then come back and look at it again. That really helps us see a student as a whole person. We're looking to know who are they going to be when they get on our campus? And also, can we help them achieve their dreams and their goals? So you really want to make sure that if something has been important to you throughout high school, that you're sharing it with us in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Whether it's in the application, there's an additional information section that's kind of a catch-all for, I need to say this, I need to tell you this, but I don't know where else to put it. So yeah, I mean, it really comes down to who are you and and who could you possibly be on our campus too. That's really helpful to know what students should put on their application, you know, stuff that is about them, right? Help them be themselves. But I'm also curious how you how you look at things that aren't there. Some people might say, you know, holes in the application. Like, let's say a student chooses not to include their test scores at a first school like Bucknell that uh, went test optional a couple of years ago. Do you factor the absence of things like test scores into your decision? I know we're actually doing a whole episode on test optional policies um, coming soon, but I'd love to hear your take on, on that as an application reader. Yeah, that's a really common question that we get. And I think the piece that students don't quite believe us yet about that we're not trying to guess why information isn't there. One, we don't have time to guess why information isn't there. And two, there are so many reasons why a student might choose to not take or not to submit a test score that if we tried to guess, we would probably get it wrong. It could be because they didn't have the time, energy, or resources to take multiple standardized tests, so they just want to leave that out of their application. Maybe they did do well on their standardized tests, but they don't want to be thought of as a number. There's so many reasons in between. And and this year in particular, um, in 2020 with COVID-19, more and more students haven't been able to take a standardized test. So, One of the things that I always tell students is we're not mind readers. We only can use the information that's on the page, and we only want to use the information that's on the page. You as a student get to decide how you're portrayed and what you want us to know about you, how you want us to consider you in the process. So it kind of goes back to your question about comparing students, you know, student A to student B. If the information isn't there, we're not going to look for it or to use it in our process. There's so much other information and an application for us to review. Yeah, it really sounds like what truly counts is is what's there um, and what the student puts of themselves into the application for you all. And so speaking of that, on that track, you know, students write essays where they get to express, yeah, their stories, their maybe some thoughts and opinions. Um, and so I'm curious, what happens if you as a reviewer read something in an application essay that you might disagree with possibly or something that just doesn't jive with you as an individual? Like what impact does that have on that person's review? Right. 
That's such a, a good question. Um, and it's important to remember that you don't necessarily know who is reading your application. Part of our job is to have some level of objectivity, though. So if I read something that I don't necessarily agree with, and it could be as simple as, you know, favorite ice cream flavor, the best sports team, those kinds of things. You know, my job is to take my personal feelings out of it and look at the structure and the context of the essay. We're looking to build an interesting, talented, and diverse class, and that includes diversity of thought. It's not my thoughts that count. It's what is this student going to contribute to a campus community? So that's something that we're trained to do. Uh, we have, you know, some some checks and balances in place for that. And only a really few times, very, very rare, have I asked a colleague to take a look at an essay that I felt uncomfortable with. So if something comes up that really is totally not something I'm able to remain objective on, then that's where we turn to each other and ask someone else to take a look. It's why I also really like our committee-based approach where there's two people reading the application at the same time. I have a real-time person right there that I can say, hey, can you pause what you're doing and open up this essay and and see if you're reading it the same way that I am. Uh, And that helps a lot in maintaining some balance and and making sure that we're checking our own biases and, and checking our own process to make sure that we're giving students the best read and the most benefit of the doubt, the most grace in this process. So for an essay or any part of the application, really, how how customized should the student make their words? Because I imagine you probably see somewhere the student just says, I'm super interested in applying to your institution, you know, so it's obvious that they've just made it really generic and they didn't even take the time to go in and insert Bucknell in the sentence or insert whatever school they're applying to. Does that matter? Does that kind of grate on you to see the, the super generic applications or are you really kind of looking past that? Well, sometimes students will put another institution in there as well. Uh, Usually when that happens, we kind of joke, oh, I guess so-and-so is also applying to X university. We know students are applying other places. They should be applying other places. Uh, it's, It's not best practice to only apply to one college. So we expect some of that. Where it gets a little grading is when you're looking at institution-specific questions. So for Bucknell, we ask students to tell us why they're interested in their intended major. And when that feels generic, when that feels like a copy-paste, that is a missed opportunity for the student. I know how much time students are taking to apply to all of these different schools. We don't know which schools they're applying to or how many. So I know it takes time to write those additional essays, and I don't begrudge a little bit of generic writing in there. But when it's an institution-specific question, you really want to make sure that it is specific to that institution, why that program, what got you interested in that area. And if you don't, it's not necessarily going to make or break your application. It's just a missed chance to tell us something new about yourself. So Lauren... When you're applying somewhere, are you kind of at all subject to whether the reader is having a good day or might be like stricter than someone else? Or, you know, we talk about how 
schools like Bucknell have humans, real humans reading your application. There's not some type of algorithm, but humans are human, right? So is that a concern? I really appreciate you reminding people that it's humans reading the application. We're people too. We have you know, a really long reading season. It extends from November to March. It's most days of the week. It's most of the day. So we're bound to have some off days. It, it's just going to happen. But what's more important is that we have more than one person always reviewing the application. It's never just the one person who looks at it. Um, it's why we have two people looking at it at the same time. And even beyond that, the application typically gets at least a glance over, if not by senior staff who are making final decisions, then by the person who works with your high school, by your territory manager. So we have a chance to go back and adjust We have systems in place and balances in place for quality control. I know uh, our senior staff will do spot checks of applications uh, of the counselors that they supervise just to make sure there's consistency in the reading. I find often at the beginning of the season, I'm much more lenient than maybe towards the end because I am just so excited to be reading applications again and to getting to know these students. And we haven't seen the whole application pool. So we have a couple checks throughout the reading season where we do some consistency checks among counselors to make sure that we know what we're looking for, we know how to evaluate information so that there is some science to what we do. But having a second person review, having other people double check your work, uh, having a second person there reading with you is meant to check some of those bad days that people might have. Or there are situations where as a territory manager, I want to read every single application from my territory, but maybe I'm out sick one day or a couple days. So somebody else has gone and read my applications. My job is to make sure I go back and look at all of the applicants from my territory to make sure they were read consistently across the board. Yeah, that, that checks and balances system is is definitely comforting, especially knowing after you mentioned some of like the hours that you, you spend reading applications. Um, yeah, after so many hours, after so many months, it's challenging, I'm sure. But I also imagine that it's pretty inspiring to read about such incredible students. And so what's your favorite part about this job and reviewing applications? Yeah, inspiring is such a good word there. I walk away from reading applications just so impressed by things students are doing in high school. Uh, some of the things that, that students accomplish are phenomenal and outstanding, but even some of just the everyday things that students are doing and dealing with just reminds me why we're doing this. I love thinking about where they are and where they might be. We're lucky in our office that we do get to work with a lot of these students after they come to Bucknell as tour guides or, you know, ambassadors within our office. So getting to see their growth from reading their application as high school seniors, and then even just seeing them as college sophomores, uh, that's really rewarding to see that growth and, and that continued potential. But I always love getting to either read the application first and then meet the student and realize, yes, that is who this person is or vice versa, right? If I've met them already and then get to their application and and can hear their voice as I'm going through the application, I feel like I really know them. It 
truly is an honor to have all of these stories shared with us. Uh, it's it's a big leap of faith for these students to write their really personal stories to complete strangers or people they've maybe met once or twice. That takes a lot of trust. And, and I really, I don't take that for granted. And I truly, truly enjoy getting to know them and, and thinking about where Bucknell could go because of the types of students that are applying and that we're admitting to this institution. That's super cool. Just to think that you know, you you see these students and you can say, "Yep, that was that was me." I, you know, read that application, and not that you're taking credit for it, but in a way, you you can be proud of of the work that you've done and and that you made the right choice. So, speaking of making that choice, uh, let's let's leave our listeners with kind of your top piece of advice for someone applying. As an application reader, you have you know, this responsibility to look at these applications and make, uh, make a, a smart choice. So what is the student's takeaway? What, what can they do to really impress you and to really make a, an impact? Mm. My, my top piece of advice in this process, and I think what makes an application full and, and complete and with lots of information, is if students can try to not lose sight of the fact that they still have to complete high school that there are still a lot of experiences ahead of them between when they start searching for colleges and when they start colleges and to not miss that in between. It's so easy to be consumed with the college search process, with the application process, with where did my friends get in? Where am I getting in or not getting in? That it's easy to lose sight of all of the things you're experiencing now that are going to push you forward that are going to put you on a path in college. So remembering to continue engaging in those organizations, in those service projects, in those part-time jobs, in those classes, in having conversations with your teachers, you know, that is what makes a really cool application, a really thoughtful, a really neat application to read. So it it's Again, easier said than done, but finish high school. Yeah, I like that advice. Keep keep learning, keep growing. Yeah, up until even you know high school graduation. Um, well, thanks for joining us, Lauren. Everything you had to say thanks was super fascinating me. to get inside. Yeah, the mind of someone who reads all these applications every fall. Yeah, I agree. This has been super useful, and you know, I hope that our listeners feel like I do that we've kind of taken you know, some of the, the fog away from that process and that, you know, talk, talking to one of those real humans behind the, uh, the other side of the equation. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with your friends and family and keep on listening. We're releasing new episodes every other Monday and each one is a deep dive into an important element of college admissions. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, podcast at bucknell.edu is the address. If you have ideas for topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, or if you're a college admissions officer interested in being a guest on a future episode, again, it's podcast at bucknell.edu. And if you're interested in learning more about applying to Bucknell, head to bucknell.edu slash apply. That link and all of the other relevant links for this episode are in the show notes. Well, thanks again to Lauren. And on behalf of Brooke and I, we want to thank you for listening to College Admissions Insider. We'll see you next time.